Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hashtag Leadership, What's On Your Mind. Remember, we're a podcast to make you stop and think about your leadership journey. And we're going to speak to amazing people with amazing stories and experts in their field. So if you haven't already and you're watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe. Or if you're listening to us on your podcast provider, make sure you follow us. Every Wednesday, 6am, we have an amazing guest on their way. So today we have Ross. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very well. Good morning, Stuart. Yeah, this is really nice to have this conversation because we're usually chatting on the golf course and that's where you can usually find us. Um, <laughs> hanging, around, hanging around the bushes on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, zigzagging, like just meeting at the green every now and again. <laughs> uh, Ross is also ex-military and unfortunately ex-Navy, but we won't hold that against him. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, that's rude. <laughs> so um, I can't wait to have this conversation because there's some really pertinent topics that we've been chatting about um before obviously recording this that I think will really resonate with the audience. So without further ado, um, let's get started. So Ross, as I hit the 20 minute timer, for the people who don't know who you are, tell us about who you are, what you do, and then we'll crack on. Yeah, sure, Thank, thanks Stuart. Yeah, delighted to be on. I mean, I suppose where do we, where do we start with an introduction? Um, okay, so like Stuart said, um, I'm ex-military, so I, I'm ex-Navy. Um, um, I don't think you're ever ex-military, are you? I think it's always always there. But in terms of that, I, I sort of left school, um, went to university and quite quickly realised that actually um, I, I sort of wanted to, to follow that path. Joined the Navy at uh, age of 19 and, and basically did my 20s. I did my 20s, the vast majority of my 20s in the, in the Navy. Great times, travelled the world, but the reality of it is you're away a lot. As you'll know, Stu, um, you're away a lot, about six months at a time, at least, then back to back and things like that. So I, I sort of got to a point where I, I felt that sort of, you know, leaving the military was the right step for me. And then, you know, got into financial services, um, started as a trainee mortgage advisor. And sort of, as I've, I haven't looked back from that, really. I've, I've been in mortgages ever since. Um Went on to, to a corporate organisation, working within with, as a mortgage advisor within that, and then developed through to a regional manager's, regional manager's position. Um, and then sort of naturally got to a point where I, um, well, my, my, my wife wasn't very well, really, to be honest. And my wife wasn't very well, um, and it sort of put things into perspective for me. Felt like I, I sort of had the skill set to run my own business um, and started Home Financial. So that Home Financial started in December 2018. And I've been on a leadership journey. Um, well, I wouldn't call it a journey. I'd say it was a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> ever since, really, starting the business from a back bedroom, just me and a desk in my back bedroom. Um, it was Christmas 2018, thinking, what have I done here? Um, and now we sort of sit here today. Um, we've got two, two sites, um, seven of us, five, five mortgage brokers, four mortgage, uh, five mortgage advisors, two admin staff, and, you know, developing a... A, a, a small business really yeah in a nutshell that's me i think from a business yeah perspective. i love that uh, we mentioned about having those questions of like can i run my own business so i was like they're all those things <laughs> that you start isn't it and, and start going i've been there as you know <laughs> so um let's start with the question so we're obviously hashtag leadership what's on your mind and you've mentioned it once already but what comes to your mind when you hear the word leadership a, a, load of, a load of things, to be honest. I think it's a really thought-provoking sort of concept, really, in terms of what is leadership. Um, I, I think, personally, I think it, it comes in loads of different forms. Um, 
But I think in ter terms of leadership, I think it still starts internally. I think we've got uh, an internal dialogue where we lead ourselves. And I think if we lead ourselves, I think that helps us lead others. Um, I don't necessarily think it's all about, you know, this the, the military concept of, you know, barking orders and all that sort of stuff. But to be honest, in the military's defence, I don't think it's necessarily like that as, as much as it was. Um, but in terms of what comes to my mind, I think it's about the internal dialogue that we have with ourselves about are we able to, to lead our day, even going down to the smaller, like the, even like the hour, like can we lead our hour? If we focus on the small steps, we'll, we'll get to the bigger steps. And I think if we have that internal dialogue of, of leading ourselves, I think that really does support us to be able to lead you know, teams and others. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. So staying with you personally and your leadership journey, um, whether it's on reflection or there was a light bulb moment at the time, like how far back can you sort of look at who you are today and, and where your leadership journey started? Yeah, it's, it's, it's deep, isn't it? It's a thought-provoking one. And um, it all comes back to what I've just said about the internal the internal sort of, um, leadership. I, I think personally, I think the obvious answer would be when I joined the, the Navy, I was exposed to, to leadership tasks right from, from day one where you're sort of put into teams and problems to solve and things like that. But I think actually going even further back than that, I think even just having that, ability to guide your career and, and make those decisions about right what what path am I going to take in life I think that goes all the way back to sort of adolescence really and because I think the decisions you make then are, are key aren't they and you are leading yourself if that makes sense through through a journey I think that's that's probably where it starts and I think that's when you get your your moments of realization where you sort of like you know you, you, you know, when I was in the Navy, I could sort of look back and go, right, okay, the decisions I've made have led me to this point. And actually, what the hell, what the hell am I doing here? What, what the hell am I doing in the middle of the ocean on a, a naval warship? Like, how's that happened? And, and you must get those realisations in um, in business as well. Like, hang on a minute. what What's happened here? How, how's this? And then it's that moment of re reflection, isn't it? Of like, right, what, and what, what path have I taken here to, to, to lead me to this point? Whether that's good or whether that's bad. Yeah, I love that because it's just making me think back to then, obviously at the time you don't realise it, but through education you're always making these little small choices. Yeah. I was just thinking back to which subjects you're going to choose at high school and all those little things you don't realise at the time, but they're all little building blocks to decision-making that position yourself. And, and like you said, they, they don't stop, do they? You're always making decisions that can make a, di a difference. 100%, yeah. Um, awesome. So last one. So if you can think back from your journey in leadership so far, we've asked people recently to think, is there a key moment or a key person that has a big impact on your journey, whether it be positive or negative? What would you choose and who or what would you choose? Oh, I think there's so many. There's so many influences on on your journey. And I think your mistakes teach you an awful lot about yourself. I think actually your mistakes make, make a, a more powerful, more insightful than actually your successes. Mm. Successes can sometimes be sort of taken for granted a little bit. And like, well, well I, I set out on that, the intention to achieve that and I achieved that brilliant. We don't actually dig into the why behind why that was successful, but I think your failures sometimes do actually shape you as, a, as an individual a lot more than maybe your successes do. Um, 
If I was going to... Am I allowed to? Go just, for it. Two distinctive ones. I'll, I'll, I'll gloss over them. But like in terms of the first one, I would say probably the first person that sort of had an influence on me would have been my my grandma, my nan. And she was the one that sort of planted the seed of, of, of what I wanted from my career and actually sort of helped me make the decision to join the military. But I would say the biggest sort of learning point I've I've taken and in my leadership journey has been the, the, the failure of my first role when I first left the military. When I first left the military, I, I my first mortgage broker job didn't didn't go to plan at all, really. Um, I learned an awful lot from it, but it didn't go to plan. And I, I had to pivot and I took a different direction and went down more of a corporate road. And I think that taught me an awful lot about myself as an individual, what I wanted from the future. And actually... You can, I still draw on those experiences today. So I actually think that can actually really be a, a great thing for somebody to experience. You don't realise it at the time, it hurts at the time. Yeah. But actually, once you're down the line, you can reflect on that experience. I think that can take, you know, it could be really quite strong. Yeah, the, the first thing that comes to my mind when you were talking about that is just that the amount of feedback that comes back from failure is a lot more than the feedback that comes from success. And, and you're right, on, on the surface of it, you'd think it would be the opposite. Yeah, I, think, I think you've got to be brave though. I think you've got to be brave to reflect on it and be like, actually, let's stop for a second. This hasn't gone to plan. Right. What 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 do we take? Why 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 didn't it? What you know, and, and actually you've got to be quite brave to sort of like look internally. Actually, what was it to me? Was it or did I and that's not easy to do because we've all got yeah, that, yeah. that natural self-defense, haven't we? Yeah. Awesome. So there's a couple of things. We we've we're halfway. So we've got time. <laughs> um, there's two things I wanted to talk to you about. Obviously, you're you're currently in an amazing position, building a team. I know it's not all easy. It's challenging, and we'll talk about that. But it's something you mentioned that when we were chatting about you coming on, and I know this is going to resonate a lot with um, some of the audience, is about the challenges of inheriting a team. If you're in a leadership role, you're put in that position of, here's your team now because again we haven't really talked about that it's almost like we talk to a lot of people who are experts in the field or they're they're in they're a business owner we haven't had many people on who have had that i'm in the corporate world i'm dotting between teams and i'm inheriting teams um so tell us a little bit about the challenges and also how you overcame some of those um there might be a bit of failure in there might be a bit of success tell us a little bit about your experience inheriting a team yeah, sure. So the best best sort of um, example I can give you on that one was, was when I was first promoted at, um, you know, to a regional manager. I mean, I actually inherited a really successful team, actually, which actually presents more challenges, in my opinion, than inheriting a, a failing team right. or, or, or let's say a team where there's lots of improvements to be made or lots of opportunity to improve. I actually inherited a really successful team and a team that was very engaged with their previous manager or leader should I say um, and I think that's a, that's an interesting one because I was actually if we want to put a, a, a sort of team analysis on this in terms of football if we use that as an example I was one of the players and I've been sort of internally promoted to be the manager so I'm actually going from I'm one of the players to hang on now I'm telling you what to do on one hand that gives you loads of credibility because actually well actually yeah we can walk the walk he can talk the talk he knows what he's doing and actually we can relate with that and we can get on board with that. And actually we're going to, you know, it's more of a consultation process as opposed to a, a dictation. Um, but I think when you've got, when you inherited a successful team, you're going to have 
members of your team that are really engaged and bought into the previous regime. Um, and I think then it's more about evolution rather than revolution. Mm. So you, got, you need to evolve that team and maybe put your own stamp on it. But I do think that comes at a price sometimes because you can tiptoe around that. So I think if you if you all of a sudden you're at the front of the room and you're sort of trying to take things in a different direction, you can sort of be sort of semi-conscious of the fact that I don't want to ruffle too many feathers here. It's actually, if I do, that might have a, a disruptive effect. Yeah. I think you've got to be a little bit brave with that in terms of things. So I think you've got to be a little bit brave to be actually, you know what, I, I am going to take this direction. But but I don't, yeah, but I acknowledge that's not easy. Um, inheriting a successful team, I think, is... It, it, yeah, like I said, I think it's, it, it hosts more challenges than maybe a uh, a team with as loads of scope for improvement. Yeah. So, what sort? Of, I'm interested in um, what sort of things you did to smooth that. Um, was it a success in the end? And what sort of timescales are we talking about? Because especially with um, my experience working with the military, it was when change was installed by a new leader. Yeah. just generalizing it was almost done very quickly and then definitely ruffled feathers um we would always promote a a smoother transition of change and a bit more patience and a bit more listening observation and yeah. really focusing on so what can i add value to rather than i need to make a change i need to make an impact what was your experience in that time scale that you used? Yeah, I, I'd actually say I probably got, that's probably one of my strengths. I would say, I think I probably would, if I'm going to self-reflect, I'd probably say that I'm not, I'm not one to sort of, you know, do wholesale changes. I, I, I'm definitely one, an advocate of long-term, um, it, it, sort of a longer term, sort of more personal approach where I wanted to people to understand and I wanted to develop that, that those personal relationships with people. So I didn't want to go in and be like, right, blanket approach, like you, you're, you're all doing this. It was like, right, let's understand people before you can actually then be understood. Yeah. And I, I actually think I took that from the military because I always used to say was, you never, you could, you, yes, we form first impressions of people, but I, I always used to say that actually you can't decide whether you like somebody or not until you actually get to know them, like properly, because actually first impressions are first impressions. Somebody could be nervous and actually could miss you can misinterpret that for another another characteristic trait. So I think really my my strategy when I actually took that new role was one of well, let's get to know these this team. Let's get to know them individually. And then once I got to know them individually, I can then actually know which levers to pull and, and where I can maybe add value and maybe where they need the support. So it's about understanding them individually as opposed to sort of taking a, a sort of one-size-fits-all approach. Uh, I, get, I get it, though. Sometimes when the results are needed, you haven't got the time to do that. Yeah. So it's very specific on the on the organisation. But I think in that in that scenario where your team's already successful, you, you haven't really got to make wholesale change. It's more of a, a development process. Yeah, I love that. And again, we've mentioned it a couple of times, and we definitely mentioned it a lot in my training of where I got to today. But everything is situational <laughs> everything is it's quite painful that you can sort of talk about all this stuff but you've got to go into the thick of it and experience it and have that self-situational awareness and, and add yeah. that to your toolbox um <laughs> awesome so you're now in the thick of building a team um early stage growth but it's from the outside it looks like it's going really well it's great sort of 
touch base with you every now and again, have those chats on the golf course, know how you're evolving as a team. In your experience, like what what has been going on? Like what what lessons are you still learning by building a team in in very much in your own business? Yeah, you know, you know, it's the iceberg iceberg effect, don't you? Right? Yeah, <laughs> you see on the surface, isn't necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's the blood, sweat, and tears, isn't it? I think you know. I think for for you know the first recruit you bring into your business is that that's the bit. So I think when you're when you're starting off and you want to grow a team, it's your first recruit that's probably the most critical and most stressful, I would say. And if you put too much pressure on it, then you can work yourself up and sort of like not take any action because you're scared of it. But I think I my first recruit was um, my first mortgage broker um, to join me. Um, that's been that's been the I would say one of the single factors of, of success, and, I, and I'm not I'm not going to blow too much smoke up his uh, up his backside. But <laughs> the matter is, I could trust him, and he was very very competent in what he does, and I valued his opinion. So what we have is we've to sort of develop this culture of I, I, I make the decisions, and sometimes I make them, and he doesn't he won't agree with them or whatever else. But the fact of the matter is, I, I almost created that that ally, and 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 in the business where like he won't always completely agree with what I'm saying and, and vice versa, but you have this natural um, sort of resistance of respect. So it's like, you've got this natural thing of like push and pull, but underneath it all, there's this, I know you're really good at what you do and that, and I'm really good at, you know, and you're really good at what you do. So there's this natural sort of respect thing, but that enabled us then to put that platform up of high performance culture. So then it, when someone else joined the business and someone else joined the business, there's almost this like, we do things here around here like professionally and we're a professional outfit. So it sort of develop that culture. And then really from there, what's ha happened is, is that it's almost become a little bit of an aspirational place to be. So when somebody then is the fifth, sixth and seventh person has joined, it's like, I want to be part of this. Yeah. And that, that to me was has really helped us getting those first couple of recruits. Well, I got them right on reflection. Now we have gone down the line and we, we have made some mistakes and things, but it's just about us, you know, not being scared to make mistakes because they you will make them. Like, like I said before about the failure thing, like just learn from them, make them. Actually, I advocate making them. Go and make the mistakes, go and break the eggs, you know, because actually you will learn from them. And as long as you're aware of the of the need to learn then you'll continue to, to develop and put, go up in the in the forward direction i think i think that's the key takeaway is be be prepared to go make the mistakes excellent i love the fact that you say recruits as well i don't know whether you're saying that consciously or not but there's a thing <laughs> <Yeah>. in there. <laughs> and i said at the start i said at the start for the first thing that I, I don't think i've said it on the podcast before is that I'll, I'll press the timer and we'll crack on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The jargon coming it doesn't, in. It doesn't leave you, does it? It's still it doesn't. Know. <laughs> so we've got a couple of minutes left. I just wanted you to share because I think you are a massive advocate and you are on this lifelong learning journey. And I know that you love it. Sometimes it's blood, sweat, and tears, as you mentioned. But you're you've got a new role. Like you're you're now able to because of the success of the 
people in the business. Um, what sort of things are you still learning and projecting forwards? Because we talked just briefly before we came on about you having the ability now, because of that high performance culture, to step into that business development role, be that because you've got this amazing team around you. So what are you still learning now? I think I think this is a real challenge. I think I'm probably I'm, I'm absolutely in the throes of it. I'm still very much an active mortgage advisor or broker, depending on the terminology. But um, I'm still very much active in supporting clients. But what I would say is that um, that is a real challenge for a small business owner. And I, you know, you don't always get it right because I think that's about client relationship in terms of helping them understand in terms of. I'm going to talk about the higher level. We're going to make sure we get the advice right and the um, the direction of travel and everything like that with your with your specific case. But actually, the actual nitty gritty of actually keying a, a mortgage application doesn't actually have to be me. That's more my challenge from experience because actually the client's absolutely fine with that. The relationship's still with me. We still talk about what we're going to be doing and how the strategy behind what we're going to be doing. But actually, the actual more of the administrative, um, you know, keying of the application and, and chasing the, the lender and things like that, that can be done by somebody else who's really efficient too. Um, but it's how that's communicated because the client's not normally absolutely fine. It's more me getting in my own way. And so actually, I know that I want to do that because I know when it's done. It's almost like getting out of my own way to be able to effectively delegate, but also communicate. Yeah. And I, I, I own that. I own that as a development point. And it's just one of those things where I think as every year goes by, you, you, I think you just, you learn by not just your own mistakes, but others as well. I mean, you talk, we talk about business and things like that, and you're actually able to share, well, I, 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 I've had that problem too. And actually I'm going to take away maybe a learning point from there too. And, and you know, being able to collaborate and, and move forward effectively, really. Amazing. Awesome. Well, a great way to finish this week's episode. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, um, ladies and gents, if you have been watching us, make sure you hit that subscribe on the YouTube channel. And if you are listening to us, uh, make sure you hit follow. And I always love to hear the takeaways from each of the episodes. And please pass this on to anybody you think that might be useful to in their leadership journey. So, Ross, thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Sue. We'll get that date in the diary for the golf course again. 100%. <laughs> See you next week, guys. Bye.